Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello everyone, this is Umar Hamid, your host, and welcome to the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategies, and advice on how to make you better, stronger, faster. Get ready for another episode. Today, I'm privileged to have Keith Walter, the COO of Gigstream, joining me. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Umar. I'm glad to be here. So, Keith, in uh, 90 seconds, tell us who you are and what you do. I'm the COO of Gigstream. Uh, we are an internet provider for homes and businesses, and we provide super fast gigabit internet better than anybody else out there. And I run the day-to-day operations in our five markets we serve. Were you one of the founders? Yes, I was. What made you decide to go into this business? Because, you know, there's lots of people providing uh, Wi-Fi and Internet. Why need another one? Well, there's really two main reasons. The big one was that I've built uh, networks for a lot of the cellular carriers, cable companies, fiber providers in the U.S. over the last 20 years. And I know that they could be doing a better job. And so to me, it's, it's more that, you know, they're too fat, rich, and happy, and they'd rather just rest on those laurels than really give our consumers a good service and bring us out of that lower 10 to 20 of top download speeds in the world. And then the second thing was that we had built networks for large amusement parks and large casino operators and then watched their marketing teams come in and really degradate that service by slowing them down just in an effort to offer an upgrade to a a faster service. So it comes down to that philosophy, like uh, uh, before we started recording, you were telling me about uh, one of these uh, instances where a marketing team said, okay, you can give 100 uh, megabits per second speed to our guests, but we want you to throttle it down to five so we can charge more money, sacrificing uh, quality of service and customer experience for the hopes that they're going to swipe their credit card to move forward. Kind of your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, really, to me, it's you're you're missing the real opportunity there. One is when you do throttle the people down, you actually tax the network greater. The network runs more efficiently if you just let them in and out as fast as they can go. Right. So one, you you hurt the network and you put more burden on the network. Two, most people, if they don't have an amazing service right away with the free service. And a five megabit service is not amazing. Um, then they're not going to pull out their credit card. You know, eighty percent of them or more is actually going to turn Wi-Fi off, save battery power, and just use their cellular data and deal with that. Um, and what you're missing is all the analytics, all the business intelligence, the location-based services, what they're doing while they're idle in your casino or your amusement park. And it's not specific behavior. It's not, oh, Umar is doing this. It's more like, hey, your device, MAC address, you know, dot, 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 is here and it's dwelling here and then it went over here and so it's not anything that's an invasion of privacy or any big brother like that it's just really tangible business intelligence that they could be using and giving amazing amenity to their patrons aren't they making them enough money already yeah it's kind of losing sight of what's important uh, one of the things that you know within companies within teams sometimes you have these conflicts in office politics But one of my favorite stories is the I-95 corridor that basically starts in Canada. The highways call it something else. But all those different states all the way down to Florida, they all are in an ad hoc relationship where they're trying to figure out how to move traffic 
faster. And one of the things they do is they look at the uh, Bluetooth facility on your phone and they clock you as you're going down the freeway, not to spy on you, but to check on speeds throughout the network. If we open up the possibilities and measure what's going on, we actually get a better experience for everybody. And that's how you win, not by putting in rules and throttling our people and our customers. Exactly. To get a better sense of who you are, who is your favorite superhero and what attribute really speaks to you? Probably Superman and the fact that he can fly. Uh, you know, I'm a wireless engineer by trade, so I'd love to be able to fly myself. And two, um, you know, just that, you know, he's made of steel. Nothing can hurt him. Who's somebody that inspires you to keep on going when, even when things get tough? Uh, my father. You know, he's always been a big technical influence in my life. Um, he's always worked extremely hard. And even today in retirement, you know, his hobby is writing Android apps. <laughs> right. And he used to build uh, supercomputers? Yeah. At uh, two points, he managed the fastest supercomputer center in the world, albeit both times it was only for about three months until the next fastest one came online. Yeah. It's a moving target. Yeah. It's almost like gunfighters. There's always a fast one out there. Yep. Short-lived glory. If you could have lunch with anybody in history or living, who's that person that you'd like to have lunch with, and what's the question you really want to have them answer? Uh, it would be Elon Musk, and I would ask him why he's not focusing more on getting Hyperloop deployed here in the U.S. rather than missions to Mars. What's the first sales job you had, and what was the lesson you learned in that job that allowed you to build this company? It was Bel Air Sporting Goods. Uh, I was back when I was 16, and I went there in the afternoons after school, and I you know, sold a variety of athletic goods. And, and I think that the biggest thing was that I got to know the entire inventory really well. And then with good people skills, I was able to ask a series of questions, find out what they want, and then really match the customer with what they needed. And I transcend that today because really the whole idea of Gigstream is understanding what our different customers want and need mm -hmm. and really reverse engineering a solution for them that really fits that. Keith, uh, what turns you on? Is it the, uh, the need to solve problems? Is it to provide better service? What drives you? Uh, it's a bit of both. I mean, really, we want the best internet service out there. You know, we want to be considered the best. And part of that, you know, and the other thing, as far other than the technology issues that are out there today that most people plague, it's really the customer service. You know, I mean, most cable providers send in contractors to the people's homes right. and businesses. And it's always a different contractor. It's never the same person. You find yourself, if you have a reoccurring problem, it's like you have to explain it every single time. Not only the person that comes, but also the person in a call center who just is trying to get you off and answer the next one. So that's for Gigstream. But how about you as a human being? What's the driving thing that keeps you learning, growing, passionate about what you do? Uh, well, I think the learning aspect of it, you know, you can never learn at all. Um, I'm also really a people person. You know, mm -hmm. I think each person you meet or interact with kind of gives you something a little bit more about yourself, makes yes, you a bigger can. person. Absolutely. And um, so I, I really love that aspect of it. Getting out there solving problems is the driving force. You know, it's anytime someone mentions a problem in earshot of me, it's I have to keep myself Light up. from, you know, <laughs> like, oh, well, have you, you know, <laughs> try this or try that. And so I got to choose my engineering battles these days. Uh, are you married? I am not. Uh, I've been married for 27 years. Don't solve their problems. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just listen. Have you seen this video? If you haven't, I'm going to send it to you. It's all about the nail. 
No, I don't think so. I'll put it in the show notes. It's a a brilliant little uh, video. It's a woman and a man sitting, and she's talking about uh, a headache that she's got. And it turns out she's got a nail embedded in her forehead, and the guy's trying to solve the problem. It's like totally brilliant (laughs) and sums up men and women precisely. What's the best deal you've ever done? Probably, probably the second round of the Gigstream funding. Um, you know, it allowed us to acquire a company called Rainbow Broadband up in New York City that's been around for 12 years, has a lot of revenue, took us to um, income positive as nice. a whole organization, took us up to a headcount of over 20 employees, and then brought to the table lots of premier clients to use as references. Brilliant. And how much funding did you raise? A little over 10 million. Um, can't get into the specifics mm-hmm. of that, but it was a little over Besides 10 million. Yeah. Nice. Have you ever had a, a manager or a sales manager that uh, you reported to that you really respected? Yeah, actually. Um, you know, I think the first one that I had was back in the property management days. And um, we were doing a lease up and she was the, and and basically that's a brand new 300 unit apartment community coming from the ground up. And you're there in a construction trailer trying to lease those apartments while it's an eyesore. And what did she teach you that uh, serves you well? Well, it was really her organization. Um, She always had a positive attitude. And despite any challenges that she had going on, whether personal, professional, the minute she walked through those doors, those those were not showing. Nice. Tell me about a come to Jesus moment where you had to do a pivot and re-examine kind of what you guys were doing and what you needed to do. Well, that's really probably when we came up with the idea of Gigstream. Uh, I had a company called RF Works. And we were a boutique RF engineering company, basically a wireless company. Mm -hmm. And that's where we did the Wi-Fi for a lot of these amusement parks and these casinos. And, you know, it was just after the the second time that a marketing team came in and, in our opinion, ruined our network. We were like, you know what? We're going to stop building networks for other people. And we're going to go out and build our own where we control it. Where is uh, internet connectivity going? Like, where do you think we're going to be five years from now? I had a a cousin that came to a telecommunications conference about 10 years ago. And when we met him for lunch, he said, uh, so what's happening? He said, telephone calls are going to go to zero and we need to redefine our model. And for me as a consumer, it's like, that'll never happen. (laughs) So massive change. What's happening in the connectivity space that uh, we should be looking out for five years from now? Well, I think you're going to see a lot of the content starting to move to the edge, almost what we are calling edge data centers. So you almost have small little micro data centers at the base of cell sites. Uh, You'll have them in the basement of commercial office buildings in a region that's not fed by a a large data center. And and what does that mean in English? Like, how would that impact me as a consumer? So right now, when, say, you go to Google, your device is going to take a path, and that's going to hit in a major data center. Right. And probably the closest one here would be in Ashburn, Virginia. Right. So what that would mean is instead of that traffic flowing all the way to Ashburn, Virginia, it would flow to a set of servers sitting at the closest cell site to you. So would they replicate what Google has at that small site? That's absolutely right. Brilliant. The landscape has changed so massively over the last 10, 15 years. What do you think the biggest challenge is for sales right now? Well, for us personally, it's the unknown. Who the heck's Gigstream? I've never heard of these guys. They're not Comcast. They're not 
you know, a large, you know, well-known name and that's who we're going up against. So that for us is the toughest thing in sales. I think in traditional internet sales, you know, the toughest thing that's going on right now for a consumer base is lack of a choice. You know, they're either shotgunned into, you know, like just right cable. now we're forced to go into cable because uh, I can, I got pissed off at the cable company and switched over to the phone company and they only had DSL. I only lasted like a month and it was like, uncle, I give up. I'm going back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, and that's the case for, for a lot of Americans today. And it's really unfortunate. What are you doing to uh, combat that? Are you using PR? Like, what are you using to really get known and make a name for yourself? We're really trying to embed each of our regional teams into the fabric of the community, joining local associations, chamber of commerce, sponsoring local events for the public. And then we're doing a lot of traditional marketing, direct mails to our target areas. Um, we're trying to get some articles written about our technology. But I think, you know, the biggest thing that's having an impact right now is really targeted Facebook ads and, and geolocation online advertising. They used to have these things called books. I'm not sure if you remember them. <laughs> but one of my favorite things to do was to go to the book bin at the bookstore because there were books there that I never would have purchased at 30 bucks. But for two bucks, I'm going to give it a shot. And there was this one book, I think it was called Game Over. It was about Nintendo's entry into the U.S. market just as the, the gaming industry basically went bankrupt in the U.S. So nobody wanted to get a new game station because the last guy that actually invested in games got fired from our company. There's no way I'm letting you in. And they basically said, okay, we're going to take our $10 million and make a beachhead in Manhattan and invest everything here and get known. And of course, Nintendo took off like wildfire. Are these your three beachhead cities right now to try and get known? Is that the strategy? Or is it just revenue to allow you to grow? Well, for us, it's, it's really getting to that minimum revenue point where each of the markets are profitable. You know, with New York, we did an acquisition, so that kind of came with it. Mm -hmm. um, in the Greenfield markets that we're in right now, which is Baltimore, Tyson's Corner, and Orlando, we're still not cash flow positive on the operations there. And we want to prove that, hey, we can go into any market with this amount of funding and do this and be cash flow positive within a year. And, and the main reason for that is now that regional team that we've started to build, we can really grow them out. And by having those regional teams, that allows us to have a really high level of customer service for our clients. Brilliant. So how do you plan to stay true to who you are as an organization? As you grow and more people come in, then the culture becomes really important. Absolutely. So what are your thoughts on a defining the culture and how do you make it uh, contagious so basically people uh, live it, breathe it? Well, first, you know, our, our executive team has to emulate that culture mm -hmm. and, and live it themselves. You know, right now, it's uh, our CEO, Joel McIntyre. We just brought in a new CFO, Jesse Sanders, and myself that make up the executive committee. And then we have two private equity firms behind us that really believe in the technology. And so one of the driving things, one of the things that we've always said and we agree upon a group is when we get into an argument over... You know, something that's coming down to either engineering or sales and marketing, engineering rules the day. And to us, that's how we're going to keep the quality really good of service, right. and that will spread and through the culture. And I think for us internally, it's not so much about what your appearance is and if you're in the office at this particular time. It's do you have the right attitude? Are you becoming that person for your customer that they call every time they have a technical issue or need? 
And that's really what we want to become, your one-stop shop. When you have something technical and you can't figure it out or you want it, you give Gigstream a call first. Brilliant. Keith, what's the best advice you've ever gotten? Well, it's, it's actually from my father. You know, he said a lot of times when you're in engineering and you're in a position where you have to, you know, purchase things or run a large team, you're going to be up against some technology or something you're not an expert in. And so what you do is you find three to four people that are experts in that and you get the same quote or proposal from all of them. And as you go through the presentations for all three or four of those, by the time you're done the fourth one, you'll most likely, if you did your homework right, be an expert not only in that area, but know exactly whether you need any of those vendors or whether you can do it yourself. Great advice. You've got a sales team in the three markets. How do you motivate the sales team? Well, you know, the big one is is that once they get to a certain point, they start to earn bonuses and commissions. Right. <laughs> so that's that's the big one is trying to get them down the road to that. The other big thing is really, you know, showing them that our technology is real. This isn't smoke and mirrors. We're not just talking a good game. We're actually providing some amazing service out there, service that other people have. You know, for instance, in Baltimore, we are the only gigabit internet provider for residential customers. There's no other option for that. I mean, there's some other companies claiming they yeah. are, but, but it's, it's actually not true. not true. You know, if you call them up, say, hey, I saw that ad for a gig. Can I get it at my address? 99% of Baltimore is going to be told no. So it's, you know, why they even do that? Why would you why would you advertise a service you can't really deliver? I mean, that's really upsetting to us. And again, it's one of the reasons why we founded Gigstream in the first place. You know, one of the big things that we do, I think that's different is when you buy a service from a cable provider for a residence, they give you this speed package that you're supposed to get right. like 100 by 20 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, if you go do a speed test, you'll never see those numbers. You'll see slightly below it, you know, at the good times, during the bad times, it's gonna be way worse, but you never actually get what you pay for. You know, with our services, we actually throttle them a little bit higher than what to we're ensure. giving the customer. Yeah. So we're actually giving them at least what they've paid for and, and you know. And oftentimes it's, better. And oftentimes better. Now, unfortunately, with a gigabit, because of the overhead of the technology, you can't actually ever give anyone a thousand megs by a thousand megs. So unfortunately in that department, we do kind of fall a little short, but hey, that's a technical restraint, not, not some it's business just decision. The laws of physics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's something you know now that you wish you knew 10 years ago? Uh, that I should have listened to my dad more and gone into technology earlier instead of trying to pursue becoming a pro soccer player. As you uh, grow leadership in your organization, for some of the younger executives as you grow them, what would be uh, three pieces of advice you'd give them to be a better leader? Well, one, always try to emulate what you're asking your own team Walk to your do. talk. Walk your talk. Two, organization is apt. Organization and planning. You have to take time for that. You, know, you have to take certain parts of your day and dedicate it to that. To, to make sure you're nice. organized. And then la the, the biggest one to me, one of my biggest pet peeves is don't ever have a meeting without an agenda. Because if you don't have the time to create an agenda for a meeting, you then what's the point of the meeting? 
Is there a book right now you'd recommend uh, people should be reading? No, I'll be honest. You know, most of my reading right now is engineering manuals and So if and you want marketing. to fall asleep, read some of the stuff you're reading. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly when I read it, too, is right before bed. No, I mean, for me, I, I mainly, when I'm reading for entertainment, it's either sports-related, about international soccer, um, and I, I need to get back and, and do some good reading. Thanks so much for sitting down with me. Thanks, Mar. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 